morning. Welcome to church. Thank you for joining us this morning. Um, I'm glad you can be part of our online church community this morning. It's our prayer that the Lord will work in your heart, in your life, through this service this morning. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we can come together this morning. Thank you for your love, for your grace. Thank you that you make life possible. Come together this morning and we want to thank you for the way that you are working in your life, in our lives, the way you are providing for each one of us, that we can trust you with our lives, with our future, with our families, with our friends, with our works, with everything in our life, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the word. Thank you that your word never grows old and that it can have a new meaning for us this morning again as well. Praise your holy name, and we want to bring you all the glory, all our love, and all our devotion. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. My scripture reading this morning is from Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14, we're going to share scripture, start reading um, from verse 32. The story of Jesus in Gethsemane. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to deeply be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass for him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. That concludes our scripture reading. In this time of the year, we are... Um, we are thinking with the whole with the whole Christian church throughout the world about Jesus' coming death, about his suffering, about uh, his crucifixion, as well as his resurrection. And it's a time that we think and talk about everything that happened building up to his death on the cross, and it's horrific. It's scary if you read the read it for the first time. But it's possible that we are so used to the story and that we have read it so often that it doesn't grab our attention as it's supposed to. It's not terrified anymore. We're not scared and we don't feel his pain and his anguish as it was supposed to be. In this time, we are confronted by a war in the Ukraine. We see the horrors and trauma of war. And, and it makes this whole idea of suffering new. And it confronts us with images, with stories of terror, of people dying, of death, that we can't just ignore. Throughout the, the book of Mark, Jesus prepared his disciples for his suffering and death. There's a few places where he talked to them 
about the fact that he's going to be killed, he's going to die. But now in this story, we are at that point where Jesus realized his death is imminent. His death and his suffering is imminent. And not for once we must take it for granted and think that it wasn't that bad. Because if I look at Mark, Mark says the following. Um, verse 33, took Peter and James and John along with him. And he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. To the point of death. We can say Jesus was afraid for what was lying ahead. He was deeply distressed, worried about it. Um, goes further on. Verse 34, going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed. I don't know how you pray. I don't know how you pray when you're scared, distressed and worried and afraid. I don't know if you have ever fell to the ground and pray. If it was that serious. Twice in this uh, scripture we read, it says that um, Jesus said that um, Father uh, verse 36 everything is possible for you take this cup from me twice jesus asked him that so we must for not one second think it was just something bad that happened jesus was facing death he was looking death in the eye and i think if you know you're going to die you pray differently And I don't think there's too many of us that has ever been there to understand what Jesus went through. I read an account of Ellie Hilsom. She was a Holocaust survivor. She said, man suffers most through his fears of suffering. We suffer because we're afraid to suffer. Mark says Jesus was worried, distressed, troubled, overwhelmed. Um, these, these things made that he was afraid for what was ahead of him, for the suffering that was ahead. Not for one second we must think he just took it in stride and just took it for granted. But Jesus wasn't scared to, ad sorry, to admit what he was going through. He wasn't pretending as if everything was going to be fine. It wasn't a shame to say, I'm afraid. It wasn't a shame to say, but God, please take this away from me. Take this cup away from me. He was just being completely honest about what he was facing. About death that he was looking at. What are you afraid of? What wakes you up at night, cold sweat? About what do you worry? Suffering calls our most basic beliefs about God in question. When there's suffering, when there's pain, 
where there's trouble, we start to look at God differently. And because we believe, we, we look to God for answers. Exactly what Jesus did. Went to his father, said, Father, um, uh, you, you know what's ahead of me. The suffering's ahead of me. Please take it away. Please take this cup away. Uh, normally in times of trouble, we go to God and ask for direction, ask for help, ask, ask for wisdom um, in the situations. Because we know there's no one else we can go to. And yet when Jesus went, God said nothing. He didn't come and answer. He wasn't saved from death. He asked God, please take this cup away. And we know in suffering, in troubled times, there isn't easy answers. Uh, a quick, quick, uh, quick prayer wouldn't fix things. And we have learned that a miracle is not something you can actually rely on in these kind of situations. We also believe that God's not bringing these things on our, in our lives to, to, uh, because we did something wrong or because he wants to hurt us or because he's evil. We want to keep on believing that God is good and that God will work throughout the situation that's in front of us at this stage for our better. And that his hands are not tied behind his back, that he really do care. Because isn't that one of the biggest questions we are face, we face in life? The fact that the questions about how could God allow war? How could he allow, allow the killing? How can he allow all, allow all the suffering in the world? Where is God when it hurts? I think the story, Jesus' life, tried to give us three perspectives on that. The first thing maybe is that if we say that we children of God, then we may believe that our lives and the lives of Jesus, life of Jesus is interwoven. He knows everything about us. He knows what lives in our hearts, in our minds. He knows what's the things we do, what's the thing we think about, what's the thing we dream, what's the thing we are afraid of. Is part of every second, every minute of our lives. That's what we believe when we say we're his children. Even on, in, in that moment where the worst thing can happen with us to being killed like Jesus here, he knows about that. Because he was there himself. He understands what we're going through, even to the extent where in the cross he said, my Lord, my Lord, why have you forsaken me? He know how we feel. He know how it feels to, 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 to almost feel like it's if God has dropped you, didn't come through to you. If God doesn't answer. Because different like any other story in the in the in, in the gospels god didn't do a miracle to save his son to prevent him from dying god didn't do anything 
And that's the reason why when we are afraid, when we are worried, that we may know Jesus understand exactly how we feel and what we are going through because he walked the same path. He was also distressed, worried and afraid to the point of death. So not for one single moment must we think that he doesn't understand. He does. Because our life and his lives are interwoven. Second thing that we've got to know is that what's the opposite of fear? The opposite of fear is love. The Bible tells us where there is true love, there isn't any fear. And the main reason Jesus went to through Gethsemane and through Kolkata and the main reason he went to the cross and died on the cross is because he loved you. He loves you with everything he has. He was willing to give his life for you. That's how much he loves you. That's why he came to earth because God so loved the earth he sent his son. God so loved you that he sent Jesus. So everything Jesus went through is because he loves you. The Bible tells us love takes away fear. He really do care for us. And even in suffering and even in bad times and even when we don't feel like it, God really does care for each one of us. The third reason that gives us a new possible new perspective um, gives us a new uh, view on this is that if we read the story, the account of his death, we don't read it for the first time. We knew what happened on Golgotha. We knew that he was crucified and that he died. But we also knew that he rose again and he's alive. We know that death's hold on us was broken on Golgotha. We know that Jesus' death brings new life. We know how the story developed, what happened. And that's so more the reason why we don't need to be afraid. Or let me put it differently. We can take our fear and look it in the eye. Because we know Jesus is alive. Jesus went through this. We know that there's not cheap alternatives. There's not easy answers. We know it cost him his life. He was, as, as Mark says, he was distressed, he was troubled, he was overwhelmed with sorrow. He fell to the ground and prayed. He, he, he asked his father to take this cup away from him. We know Jesus walked this way. It cost him his life, but it broke the cycle of death, of suffering in our lives. 
I remember I read something about Paul Tunier, who's a psychologist. They asked him once, how, how does he help his patients to overcome their fear? And his answer was, I don't. Everything that is worthwhile in life is scary, he said. Choosing a school, choosing a career, getting married, having kids, all those things are scary. Dropping your kids off at school, scary. Going to school is scary. Making choices about your future is scary. Worrying about your friends and family in South Africa is scary. Life is scary. And the amazing thing about the story of Gethsemane is that we may be scared. It's okay to be scared. Jesus was afraid. But that wasn't the end of it. He trusted his father enough to say in verse 36. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. My life is in your hands. And maybe that's the challenge. To keep on trusting God. To keep on giving your life over to him. To keep on trusting his plan. I want to finish this sermon with a prayer of Brother Charles de Foucault that he has written once. So let's bow our heads and listen to this prayer. Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you. I'm ready for all. I accept all. Let only your will be done in me and in all your creatures. I wish no more than this, O Lord. Into your hands I commend my soul. I offer to you with all the love of my heart, for I love you, Lord. And so need to give myself, to surrender myself into your hands without reserve. And with boundless confidence for you are my Father. Amen. We have opportunity to bring our offerings. You see all the options available. Thank you for everyone that contributes contribute to, the, to the church. I want to bless you. And I'm going to pray that the Lord will bless and keep you. That he will shine his countenance upon you and give you peace. May the Lord be with you. Amen.